It's time for the Smart Money Questions Podcast with Matt Hausman. This is the show that provides you with a sound financial education and helps you avoid financial pitfalls. Make sure you are asking the right questions by listening to the Smart Money Questions Podcast. Hey everyone, how you doing? It is that time, Matt Hausman here. Hope you guys are doing great. And you know, I like to use this format for discussing the different things and the conversations that I have either in the office or now virtually on the phone, what have you, or the questions that come in. But this particular subject, I have recently talked with three clients about, most recently just this morning on the day that I am recording this. And I think it's something that we want to really address, especially with where we are in, in, in the market. So I'm going to address that today. The first thing I want to talk about, and I, uh, if you're getting my videos that I send out, I talk about this as well um, in an upcoming one, and that is making sure you are taking precautions to protect your personal information, your logons, uh, you're using protected browser. For instance, the browser that I use uh, is Chrome, but I've added an extension on there called DuckDuckGo kind of like DuckDuckGoose, but DuckDuckGo, and it is an extension that you can add. I believe you can actually add it to Firefox or any of the other Safari, what have you. And it helps protect the tracking of all the different cookies and everything on all the different websites you go to. So it's it's a way to create private browsing where then you're not getting all these redirected ads coming at you. And then we also talk about our, our paper whether they're, you're still getting statements in the mail, uh, whether it's bank account, investment accounts, insurance, 401k, what have you, is making sure that you are disposing of that correctly. And that brings me to, we are bringing it back as we are hopefully able to have this. And that is we're going to bring back our shred event at our office uh, in Westchester. So if you are in the local area, Feel free to come by. We, um, we're going to be doing it on Saturday, September 18th. It'll be from 9 a.m. to noon. If you've ever been here before, you know that we have the big uh, shredding truck that's here. You can bring it out, and uh, they'll put it right in there for you, and you can actually watch it go through the blade should you want to. So again, we're going to be having our shred event. You're going to see emails and stuff like that going out about it, but it's going to be September 18th, a Saturday, from 9 a.m., to noon. So, um, but before we jump to the question, let's make sure we deal with the disclaimer. Please don't take any of the information or ideas or suggestions that I offer in today's show as direct advice for you. Please use it as information and education that you then can discuss with your advisor. Now, If you don't have an advisor or you would like for us to be your advisor, I'm more than happy to have that conversation with you. And it's real simple. All you have to do is go to www.speakwithmatt.com. That's www.speakwithmatt.com. And my online scheduler is right there. You can go right in. You can schedule a 15 or 30 minute phone conversation. And quite frankly, at the end of that first call, we're going to have a good idea. Does it make sense to have a second conversation. So again, very low key, go right into the online scheduler. You don't even have to get on the phone with anyone to schedule this. So again, speakwithmat.com, www.speakwithmat.com and schedule it there. So, all right, let's go ahead and get on to today's show. Okay. So today's question comes to us from Rick here, right here in Pennsylvania. 
And it says, our house is a lot bigger than what we need now, so we should probably downsize. But it's the place where we raised our family, so I'm emotionally attached to it. Is it foolish to keep it when we could be living somewhere else cheaper? I get this a lot, not only with the primary home, but then especially with uh, secondary or vacation homes. And one of the things, Rick, I would tell you to consider, first of all, especially if you're here in our metro Philadelphia area, is is it really going to be cheaper for when you downsize? Even before the recent, you know, the last 15 months in the real estate market, which has just been extremely hot, is we would see clients that would look to downsize staying in the local area. And what they found out was the only thing that they were downsizing was the square footage. It wasn't the price or the cost. So you really want to look at that before you decide to just sell. Or in this case, when you're talking about the emotions that are attached to the home itself, one thing I would tell you to do is really look at the numbers. You know, emotions, we all have to agree that emotions in some way or another are going to have relevance in our financial life. The key is, how much are we going to allow it to happen? Well, if you look at the numbers, the numbers don't have emotions. And so when you look at, okay, first of all, is it really going to be cheaper for us to go and downsize? Or is it actually going to cost us money? In some places around here, we've seen clients that have, quote, downsized to a more conducive home for them, but it cost them more money than the house they sold. So really going and looking at the numbers, I think, is going to be very helpful then for you to look at. If it is a big drop, in other words, in cost and square footage and upkeep and capital cost and all the things that come along with home ownership, I think that will then help you to decide, is the emotional attachment worth it to stay versus potentially putting money in your pocket? That's probably the first thing that I would tell you to do. And of course, Rick, I'm assuming that you're staying around here. But regardless of where you're going, is going through that process, I think, will help you see, does it make sense for us to stay or leave? Or at least have an understanding on what the cost of your emotional attachment to the home is costing you. And this really comes into play, especially with regards to second homes and vacation homes for clients that are in those positions. We have some clients that have vacation homes that are very much a part of the family. And so there's a there's a lot of use that is happening there. And we've had others that when we've gone through this process is that they've recognized that first of all we're not using it a lot. Second of all, we can unload it right now in this market and absolutely clean house. And what about in doing that and investing it, and then the different places that we want to go, we rent. Actually, I'll, I'll take you, I'll go one a step further. Even if it's your primary home, I remember reading this article, multiple articles actually, but one I just recently pulled up was uh, written in 2019 in the art magazine, and it was talking about should you own or rent in retirement? What about this, Rick? What if you actually sold your home and you went and rented? Now, we have some clients that don't own their own home for various reasons, and they just rent. One client in particular, I can think, he signs a, a, a two-year lease at every place he goes, and then he just moves. 
And I remember asking him, well, what, what's your reasoning for doing that? He goes, because when I know I go to the new place, it's like moving into a brand new home. I get new carpet. I get new paint. You know, if things need to be updated, they do it. And so I'm walking in to a fresh situation. I don't have to worry about capital cost. I don't have to worry about upkeep. I don't have to worry about any of that. If something goes wrong, I'm picking the phone up. I'm calling the landlord. That could be something to consider. One of the things the article was talking about there is if you're going to do that, because obviously maybe you're living in a home, Rick, that you don't have a mortgage. So the only the only cost associated there are taxes, insurance, and upkeep. Is is the income going to support now the rental cost? I'm thinking of one client in particular. I remember they came to me about three years ago and they had they were done with home ownership. They're like, we don't want to deal with this anymore. We just want to sell. And they actually went to a I guess you would consider it like an over 55 active rental community. Absolutely love it. They said it's the best thing that they ever did. And But one of the things that they came to me about was, is this doable because it was going to be an increase in cost? And is that going to have a detrimental effect? Well, when they sold the home and they got a pretty penny for it, and now we look to invest that money, that's going to help support that increase in payment. I'm thinking about my mom, for instance. It's hard to believe my dad's almost been gone 10 years at the end of this year. And um, after about six or seven months of my mom living in the home there, is, uh, and I'd been talking to her about the aspect of selling and renting, one reason was is within a couple months of my dad passing, all of a sudden now the roof had an issue and the AC had an issue. And I'm up here. Now, my sister at the time was still in Tampa. But it's not like they can get down there. My sister and, and uh, brother-in-law can get down there to assist in meeting with the contractors, getting the quotes, those type of things. And so finally, my mom decided to sell and rent. She'll tell you still to this day, best thing she ever did. And it's, it's very, for me and my sister, it's very um, peace of mind to know that all my mom has to do is pick the phone up, call someone and they, they come in and they take care of whatever the issue is. There's also no capital cost. Now, in her situation as well, you go through the income process. Can the income that needs to be generated be supported by your investments to now have that ongoing monthly cost? It's really interesting. There's, you know, also when you think about home ownership, if there's no mortgage or quite frankly, even with where interest rates are today, I remember back in the day, people would talk about you have to go get a mortgage and mortgage as much as the house as you want because, or, or as you can because you need the tax deduction. Well, under the current tax code and where the interest rates are, it is really hard for that interest cost to have any consequence on having you itemize versus taking a standard deduction. I'm just thinking about myself and Maggie is we are barely over the standard deduction because one thing in particular... Our interest rate is so low on our mortgage is that the yearly interest cost is very, very low. So you don't want to look at home ownership necessarily also as a tax deduction or a tax play because really it's become where it isn't, especially with where interest rates are today. So looking at those different things, I think will help people recognize. In fact, the conversation that I had today was specifically about let's look at this second home second home slash vacation home, can you see it becoming your primary home? Now, if so, let's look and see what that looks like. Okay, now we're going to go live at our vacation spot. Is, our, is that really where we want to be? You know, I've had a couple clients that 
you know, thought that they wanted to move somewhere else or relocate. And once they started doing some research and going through the numbers like what we're doing, but then also the research on, you know, the necessary vendors that you need, you know, health, friendship, churches, those type of things, all of a sudden they realized, ah, I don't know that I want to go through the process of reestablishing all of that. You know, so going through that equation and talking to that, these people today was, let's go through the process of asking all of these questions, coming up with the answers, you know, because quite frankly, there's no right or wrong answer, but you're wanting to come to a conclusion. And today when I was first speaking with them, they were wanting me to make the conclusion for them. And I said, listen, you guys have to answer all of these different questions before I can offer any advice. And, you know, the reality is, Rick, going back to your question and using the word emotional attachment, you know, that's not something to, you know, take lightheartedly, but you're going to have to be willing to answer those questions where the rubber meets the road and then look at the numbers to be able to see, is it something worth doing? The, the people I were, was talking to about today or talking about this today, what I was saying was, you know, we can bridge a gap for the next 12 to 18 months should we need to without having to make this immediate decision. One of the things I think people can fall into, and I can tell you that Maggie and I looked at this, is with the market where it is right now and the fact that you can put your house on the market and more than likely it's going to go as is with no contingencies and probably get multiple offers just because there's not that much supply out there. So we don't want to just fall into this, oh my gosh, I got to sell now because the market's so hot when there's these other things to consider. So for instance, Maggie and I, we were like, eh, there's no reason to sell. Let's just go ahead. We'll stay. We're not even, we were going to do some upgrades. We're not going to do that right now. Why? Because the cost of upgrades right now, lumber and all this stuff is out, out, outlandish. Let's wait till things calm down a little bit. There isn't necessarily a reason to just jump into this. So going through the process, I think is so important and answering those questions honestly with yourself. First of all, about the emotional attachments. If you're looking to relocate, where are you going to go? What's the cost there? If we, what, what if we end up selling and we don't have enough to buy the next house? What are we doing then? Are we mortgaging or we're just not going to do it? Are we going to settle? You know, I had one clients that were looking to uh, relocate down south and they went down and looked and they said, we're not willing to settle because they realized it was going to be more expensive to where they were going than what they were getting for their, their home up here. So to go back to the question, Rick, I think that there are so many things that you want to consider, not only with aspects to the emotional attachment, but then the financial, you know, what's going to be the direction financially that we take should we decide to go down the road of downsizing or relocating. And I think that will really help. You know, it's amazing to me when people actually see the numbers as again, because I said numbers don't lie. There's no emotional attachment there. They're just, this is what it is. And then you can actually say, hey, listen, if we stay here, the emotional cost is this. And if you're willing to pay that cost, I'd tell you to stay. But until you've gone through that process, I think that there's, you, there's things that, that are left open-ended. And I think in talking with the people today, I could tell that, you know, it's the open-endedness that, and maybe a little bit of the uncertainty that is uncomforting, which is why I said, let's go through this process. You go through here, here, here. I'm going to go through here, here, and here. And then when you get back, then you will have a more educated understanding of the decision that you need to make. 
And that's really the key in asking those multiple questions. It's not just one. I think that there's more to that, uh, especially when it comes to uh, something like this. It's a big step to to look to downsize and or relocate, uh, unload a second or vacation home. It's more than just, especially, you know, don't jump into, it's just the hot market right now. And then you could be, um, you could be upset. I remember speaking of that, I remember listening to a podcast about a gentleman that was talking about business ownership and, and wanting to live the dream of building a business to a certain point and then selling it. And he said that the worst day that I ever had on being in my business was the day I left my business and I sold it and I realized I'd made a big mistake. So you don't want to fall into that. You really want to go through the process of going through all of the different things that you can think of. You know, If you want to reach out to us, speakwithmatt.com. I can tell you the things that I would recommend that you look at, especially from a financial standpoint and a number standpoint. And then you can, again, you can come to that educated understanding and help you make that decision. So listen, everyone, that's all I've got for today. I hope it's been helpful. If you have any questions that you want to want us to address here, simply send it to us at info at smartmoneyquestions.com. If you would like to speak with me or have a meeting with me, you can do that with our online calendar, speakwithmatt.com. Again, www.speakwithmatt.com. Or reach out to us directly, as my old buddy Walt said, the old-fashioned way, 610-719-3003. Walt, you're going to love that one. All right, guys, take care. We'll talk soon.